0: Welcome to the Flyover Ministry Podcast, a practical youth ministry podcast for small church leaders by small church leaders. We are grateful that you have joined us for our journey through ministry-related topics that we hope help equip and encourage you as you serve Jesus wherever you are.
1: welcome to the podcast i'm dan and i'm jordan and this is flyover ministry happy july to everyone we hope you had a good fourth of july uh as we are recording this ahead of time i will say that right now i am on a getaway in real time with my youth group up on the north shore of minnesota jordan in real time where will you be when this (laughs) releases uh
0: I will be in the lovely town of Beulah North Dakota and I will be trying to avoid uh fireworks being shot from neighbors kind of got, fun
1: story got to love I mean it's really the <laughs> wild west out there I mean It kind of is it was accidental
0: they had their tube for their mortars knocked over and it was a little bit
1: chaotic no. mortars so, I, yeah, thought like, I thought you were talking like I thought you're talking like roman candles or maybe No bottle rockets no we're talking like The big stuff here.
0: Yeah, I mean, not like professional grade, but still, it's it's enough to make you dance.
1: (laughs) Dance? Okay, yeah, well, we hope that you had a good 4th of July. Those of you who might be listening to this that aren't in the United States, you (laughs) should know that the United States goes a little crazy, especially in the Midwest. But we are talking about this month, uh, the opportunity that we have to be able to build and develop a community and fellowship with other people. Jordan, I'm curious here, when you start developing community in your youth group, what is your go-to thing that you do? Go-to thing. Um, I don't know
0: if there's just one thing. I think developing community is something that is so broad that you need to use a lot of tools in your toolkit to make it happen. And and I think the hard thing about it is it's a constant piece that you're working on I mean you think about uh, you are able to develop a really strong network of students and they're there and then they're really enjoying time together with one another and then all of a sudden the year changes and now there's new faces that have to get grafted mm-hmm. in and it's it's going to be hard because they've missed the whole previous year or years of experiences and memories um, so that community thing is is a, a constant piece to work with whenever you've got visitors um, so as we're addressing it. I mean, we, we talk about it in a lot of different ways, but even just the conversation of talking about community together. And, and this might be one of those buzzwords that we're all like, yeah, we we want community. And um, sometimes we might be thinking about our physical neighborhood, or we might be thinking about other things. So as as we're even just looking at our outline and, and seeing community, what does your mind go to as far as how you would define Community. What, what is it? What are we going for?
1: Right. Uh, I would say that community is, and I'm taking a page out of the Gospels here. It is the the group of people that you are surrounded with, that you are doing life with. Um, you know, that that can be people in your ministry, that can be people in your friend group, that can be people outside of your church as well. You know, you had mentioned uh, that could be anyone in your zip code. That could be, uh, you know, that's usually what people go to, right? Um, You think of the show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and everyone that showed up on that show was a community. It's a group of people that are closely knit together, that are uh, encountering and interacting with each other on a regular basis. And that can be, like I said, a city, it could be your church, or any other group or organization that you belong to, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But from the Gospels, we have, I think, the Real clear picture of Jesus, where uh, we have this being with factor, where Jesus is inviting the disciples and others to come and follow him, right? When people are saying, Hey, uh, Jesus, like, where, where are you staying? His invitation is, you know, Come and see, come and be with me. And I think that's a beautiful invitation. That is a very simple invitation at that. But at the end of the day, right, the, the great thing about community is that you are with people together. Now, I think there's different levels of community, Jordan. Um, and, and maybe you would agree with this, but I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that you do. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you can deny it uh, as I can well, either confirm or deny
0: my there's, opinions
1: on. <laughs> there's, there's only so much time that you have. And yeah. uh, you think of how many people that you would consider your friends, right? Not Facebook friends, right? That's mm-hmm. a community in and of itself. But you have people that you know and are associated with. There are people that you would consider friends. And then you might have one or two really, really close good friends. And I think that's even modeled in Jesus' ministry as well. With you have the inner three, Peter, James, and John. You have the 12 that he spends time. And then he's got the crowds that follow him. And he sends out uh, the 70. So what do you think about community, Jordan? Is that... I I didn't mean to speak for you there, but is that, is that in line with what you're thinking? Doesn't scripture warn
0: us about presumptuous sins there, Daniel? I just,
1: you know what they say say about people who assume things.
0: I do not to be (laughs) mentioned on this podcast. Um, No, I think that's, that's fairly accurate. And I, uh, I would agree of different kind of circles, I suppose you could say, of, of uh, connection here with community. And I, I think one really important thing is that community is not necessarily proximity. Um, just being around people doesn't mean that you're in a community. And, and we can think about that. Like you might live, in, there was years that I lived in an apartment building, for example. Um, and I think my experience was, this was true, that apartments are kind of notorious possibly for just not really being places of connection, uh, even though you are so close together. Um, but it wasn't really a community. It was, I, I knew there were people living across the hall and below and above, um, but I didn't necessarily know who they were. And uh, so we're close in proximity, but we did not experience community. And I think as you bring Christ into the picture too, there is this spiritual component that I think we want. <clears throat> Pardon me we want to touch on as we're recognizing this in um, our different settings in ministry, that community, and we'll throw out the F word fellowship here too. Um, there's a different F word again. Uh,
1: Man, maybe we should restart this.
0: No, we're going, we're golden. Okay. All right. So, but community and fellowship, they, they're kind of buzzwords uh, in the sense that they're brought up a lot. But I think these are areas that we can all grow in and and get deeper in. So as you're talking about, I, uh, I think one of the hard things about this, as you mentioned, we have limited time, and uh, I'm going through a book that'll be brought up later in this series too. I think um, called the Art of Neighboring, and it's talking about Jesus' commandment of uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And the question is raised in this book: What would happen if? Christians took that literally, you know, we, we understand the parable of the Good Samaritan, and we kind of say that, okay, so who is our neighbor, uh, our neighbors can be our enemies, anybody around the world. And sometimes we use that as an excuse to ignore the neighbors that are in proximity to us. And so we're not seeking to mm. be a neighbor to serve them. Um, we're not looking to be the developers of our community. Um, or we just take it for granted, like I live in this community, this is like the township or whatever, and and those two kind of get confused. So when we understand community and fellowship together, I think that paints a a clearer picture of kind of what we're addressing here. And in this reality of community, um, there's a lot of things that you can have pitfalls from, you know, from our selfishness of our own time, uh, families can be a a real challenge. I mean, I know that when I get back from work, I'm not necessarily wanting to spend time with the neighbors. Um, my wife is needing a break because she is pouring herself out into her kids. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's easy to do this. And I, I remember hearing at one point, someone commenting, I don't remember the reference, but a lot in our culture changed when garages and garage door openers became prevalent because hmm. you would pull your car into the garage, close the door. You wouldn't even see your neighbor necessarily, and just like that whole front porch, sitting and saying hi to people walking by, that changed. Um, yeah. So, so our, our schedules, our families uh, can be things, but but also the reality of human nature and <laughs> gathering yeah. where we're comfortable, <laughs> and that that's the source of clicks, right? Oh, so. Man. As we're seeing clicks and stuff like, how would you avoid a youth group or you know just in life the habit of going into clicks? I mean, as we're speaking of you know our body smaller Lutheran, we recognize that that other people might have different experiences, but I have a sneaking suspicion that there's plenty of smaller congregations where even the church just functions as a clique. Like you've got your yeah. front right pew family and like you can predict who's there, or who's not there just by looking out. You don't even have to see their faces, just where the empty spots are because we're so accustomed to being with our people. So take it away. What would you do to help break that clique culture
1: up? Well, we're going to go back to Jesus here <laughs> and the Sermon on the Mount. What does he say? Love your enemies Pray for those who persecute you. Now, why do I bring that up? Well, because, and I I, I enjoy this text a lot because A, Jesus said it, B, he uses the word enemies, and that's a word that we don't exactly use today. We wouldn't say, Mm. this person's my enemy. Say, I don't really care for those people. Mm. He says, oh, in in that, guess what? You got to love everyone. If you love only the people that are easy to love, what benefit is that to you, right? Tax collectors and sinners and the Romans, all of the people you hate are doing that as well. What is the point that Jesus is getting at here? We ought to be different. You know, first and foremost, um, there's going to be people in uh, the church that are are just kind of difficult to get along with. And yet at the same time, if we're all believing in believers in Jesus, if we're all following and being discipled, guess what? The thing that we have in common is the thing that unifies us, and that's the gospel message. And all of a sudden, this person isn't just someone that you don't care about necessarily as much as other people. They are your brother or sister in Christ. And that's hard to hear. That's a hard pill to swallow. But at the same time, that's what sets the church apart uh, as a community, right? Because you consider, you mentioned an apartment building, Mm -hmm. um, living in a place like that. Yeah, you know what, unless there's like a summer party that your complex throws, you're probably not gonna see a lot of the people that live in your building. Um, you know, maybe you'll come in, uh, in, in contact with them from time to time, but otherwise I would wager that you wouldn't. Uh, thinking of people who don't work at a church, like you or I do, you know, uh, uh, an office space, that's a community in its own right. And yet I would wager that you don't have necessarily maybe a lot of great friends at work, right? It's, oh, they're a friend from work. Uh, maybe not somebody that you encountered. The instruction from Jesus, though, is to love everyone. And it's it's especially difficult, like you pointed out, that as smaller churches, we tend to be a more closely knit community. Um, thinking of, Jordan, how many people graduated in your high school class? Uh,
0: my high school class was roughly 140. Five, if I'm remembering correctly.
1: Yeah, we, we were in the 80 range. And when I tell people that, right, there's definitely schools around us that have a smaller graduating class than that. And uh, when I tell them that we had 80, they're like, wow, your school was big. And it's, <laughs> Yeah, you have, you have no idea, right? Because there, right. there's schools that are, oh, we have, um, you know, we graduated 1300 people, mm-hmm. which is insane to me. <laughs> but when you have that small group of people, It's really easy to form, like, we know all of the people here, these are the people we're comfortable with. And for an outsider, like thinking of a transfer student into our high school, or an exchange student, it's really hard to break into that kind of community. So how do we avoid it? By having the posture that Jesus tells us to have, of loving the people that are difficult to love. And that takes daily discipline and practice and Praying to God for uh, a heart of compassion, I think, because again, um, even as you know, full-time pastors and youth workers or whatnot, uh, our call, our invitation, our, our our job is expected. Like you're going to be with people that you don't necessarily like, but that is what Jesus does, and it, it's great to be able to follow His lead into that.
0: So quick question for you. And I'm sure oh you've heard this before. Yes. But I'm expecting a brilliant answer for you.
1: Oh boy. From you.
0: Is it, isn't it possible? Like God calls us to love everybody. That doesn't mean we have to like everybody, right? Isn't that what, <laughs> I mean, have you heard that little dance before?
1: Yes, that is. Um, and I think we pulled this from like a Parks and Rec deal. It, um, it might've been. Uh, but the, the line that's used in that show was I love you and I like you okay. and there's times where my wife and I will say love you and I like you and uh, there's other times where it's like I'm just really having a hard time liking you right now <laughs> and, and it's it's nothing terrible our relationship is fine but it's it's this joke of like Ugh. you know sometimes people just get on your nerves mm-hmm. sometimes people you just need to have that alone time to decompress you know after after a trip like you said Um, you've been pouring into people and guess what? People are exhausting. You're exhausting to some people as well. And every once in a while, even the most outgoing extrovert is going to need time to decompress Mm -hmm. and rest. Um, As far as breaking up cliques, I think there are things that you can do that would avoid that. I think, especially as a leader, thinking of uh, your youth ministry and even as a leader in your church, you can say, Uh, Today, we're going to encourage everyone to sit with people that you might not have sat with otherwise, um, especially uh, uh, at like a a meal that you might have after church. Or we're going to partner people up for the game this week. And here's who you're going to partner with and then have it be a team building uh, exercise or team building game. And we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. But um, those are just some ideas that come to mind. Jordan, how would you break up clicks in your ministry or how would you encourage people to break into your church your uh, church's not community f- not, not not the, the literal door. building <laughs> not the front door but the church's community and fellowship
0: we have several access points uh oh goodness i know that's overall as we're thinking about this i think that one of the most significant things and this is people might get sick of hearing this from us but it's not going to happen naturally it's not going to happen on accident. You're not going to stumble in and say, wow, we have broken these clicks up. You know, um, It's going to be intentional and purposeful. And that's going to be something that we're going to chart over these next couple of weeks here in July and how to do that in various different areas. Um, but, you know, and I say that, that intentionality um, moving into this reality that, it's, it's going to happen with intention. And it's going to be intentional when people prioritize it because they see the, the need for it. Um, I think that whole line, I can love somebody, but I don't have to like them. Uh, it, it doesn't really fully understand the gospel. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't understand redemption. It doesn't understand the, the brokenness of this world and how we are called to enter into it, into the difficulty. Uh, but when we start living our lives uh, with the gospel flowing through us, realizing it ourselves, realizing that we've been forgiven, that we uh, start in a place hostile to God, Jesus then breaks into our clique as as sinners and he totally disrupts it. And he, he comes and calls us into fellowship with him. And we live our lives modeling that with our neighbors, with people in our church. Yes, the people that we get along with, great. We strive to grow deeper in them too, Uh, but then also with people who, like you said, are are a little bit more of a challenge. We want to uh, live this gospel reality with different members in our congregations, different students in our youth groups, different people in our um, neighborhoods and community. So by talking about it from the pulpit, if we can like have conversations with our pastors, if you're not in that possibility, or if you have a chance to um, preach about it, that's a good place to start bringing it up in youth group, like you mentioned, being intentional with some of the games sometimes, creating opportunities to have these connection points um, is going to be a really foundation, big foundation for getting people to realize that there is this calling for us to be joined together in this way. And, And to be honest too, I think that this is one of the strengths of a small church setting. Compared to like mega churches, mega churches have a very hard time. Um, they they can push small groups, uh, yeah. and and they can try to foster this community there. But when you're talking about the entire membership of a of a mega church, it is so easy to go to a place and to not be known and to not know people, and, and you right. can kind of hide and disappear. That's not the intent of or that's not realist reality when you're living in community as god intended
1: yeah the the other side of that too it's not just mega churches too smaller churches even with more than one service can fall prey to this too i think Mm -hmm. where um all of a sudden like oh when have you been coming to our church i've been a member here for five years a literal conversation i had with someone it's like but if this person went to uh Um, (laughs) this person went to the other service and we just hadn't encountered each other until there was this extra outreach deal that we all, we both decided that we were going to go to. Um, I think there's an element too, and and we can start landing the plane on today's episode with this, uh, but there's the sense of um, when you leave high school and go into college, especially Christian colleges, Um, a lot of the feedback that people give about what they appreciate, what they enjoy is like, man, just an incredible amount of fellowship and just the friends that we make. This is terrific. And there's no denying that. Like I made a lot of friends in college that uh, a lot more friends than I even had in high school. And because it was at a Christian college at Crown, uh, and even at the Bible college, we had a lot of things in common. You know, we had our faith in common. We had a lot of the same backgrounds. And then what happened uh, after college is that (laughs) we got into the real world, and instead of living in close proximity with each other and being close friends, now all of a sudden to have that kind of community that we desired, you have to work at it. And I think that is something for our churches to really consider as we desire to have and build a community and fellowship with one another we have to work at it. People will prioritize what's important to them. So I guess the challenge for me is to uh, start having a conversation as your church about what can we do as a smaller church to help continue to grow and foster the sense of community, something that people will want to prioritize, something that people value, but something that is also going to draw us closer to each other in our relationship with Jesus.
0: Mm -hmm. And yeah, as we close out this time talking about just the overview of community launching into our next couple of weeks. Um, I think this is another area where we see the goodness of God. God calls us to live in community with one another, but yet the fear that we have because of sin in our life, uh, the the fear that we have because of sin in our life causes us to pull back from one another. We see that right in the Garden of Eden. Uh, The first person that Adam hid from was not the Lord first person that adam hid from was eve you know as they cover themselves there's now this this interference and i'm not promoting a nudist colony here at all uh that's not the intent of this but it's just saying that from that time we've been broken relationally and we tend to hide from one another but god calls us because it's a reflection of his perfect unity within the trinity to relate to one another and project that to the world. And like you mentioned, in those college experiences, when we have a taste of that, we see how good it is and how needed it is for our life. And yet life goes on and we let it slip away. And then we miss out on this huge blessing that God intends for us. So with that, as we um, close out for for today, uh, know that This is something worth going for. And I pray that in the weeks to come, as we talk about some of the how to some ideas for fostering this in different areas of your life, um, that you'll walk away with some helpful things that will encourage you and let you step out and, and start to work on building this, being the one to unite your congregation, your community together, and to live this blessed life of knowing God's fullness for you in this way, in this very real way. Until then, know that we're praying for you And may you go and serve the Lord in his strength.
1: Thanks for listening to Flyover Ministry. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram and Facebook pages at Flyover Ministry. You can also get in contact with us on our Gmail account, flyoverministrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find other episodes that we've recorded on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.